Yes, what is cracking, y'all? Welcome to The Chosen Ones. I'm your host, Joseph Richard Powell. I will be interviewing incredible human beings who are making an impact, living a life they love, and are hella good at what they do. From base camp to the peak of success, we are closing the gap between life barely lived to life on fire. Let's go. We are back with a brand new episode of The Chosen Ones. Today, I am interviewing Sadie Smiley from Mexico, another incredible human being who has broken free from the matrix, reclaimed her freedom, and is living her dream life. As usual, we are going to learn exactly how she did it to encourage, empower, and able all of you amazing listeners who know deep, deep down that it is time for you to also take the leap. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So we're going to jump right into it. Sadie, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm wonderful. It's nice and rainy today. So I'm watching the ocean and the waves with the rain. It's cool. Oh, that sounds incredible. (laughs) Rain is one thing we don't see here in Costa Rica for a good six months. (laughs) As I sit here with my sunburnt face from the amazing surf session yesterday. But what I'll do here is I'm just going to give the listeners a quick idea of what they're doing here, what to expect from this episode, and then we're going to jump right into it. So, awesome. As everyone knows, I've been on, on a very diligent journey of finding the best guests in the world to come on this podcast, people who are doing incredible things and sharing their incredible stories. But on top of that, people who can also help to provide some value to those who are listening, who are also wanting to take the leap to creating their dream life. And When we started speaking, there were a couple interesting things that you were doing that stuck out to me that I thought would be awesome to share because I think after today's episode, a lot of the listeners will be able to do it also. And when I made notes in my book about after our discussion, I was thinking this is kind of like the side hustle episode. And one of the things for people who are wanting to escape the matrix and create their dream life is... If they end up wanting to travel or move abroad, we have to think, how can I make money and survive while doing it? So a little introduction for you, at least from uh, what you had shared with me, and I'm hoping I'm kind of touching on these things, is you have an incredible story. You have an incredible journey from being homeless and in poverty to building a six-figure blogging and digital empire. And even more importantly, currently feeding over 50 families a week, probably closer to 75, which is absolutely incredible. And lots of side gigs and interesting things that have happened between these two points of your life. So today we're going to, well, the goal here today is to, and even for myself, I'm very interested to learn about this process. Um, As a coach, there are a lot of people in here who want to be entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, people getting into the world of coaching, that learning how to, and even like myself, like, you know, when I was asking you questions about this, I had no idea what I was talking about. I even asked you, what are digital products? That's how simple it was for me to try to learn this. So what we're going to do is we're going to learn the step-by-step process from Sadie, who has mastered this by doing it for a very long time, how to start a blog and create digital products that we can sell and why this is important and how to do it and all this good stuff. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I just want to thank you, first of all, so much for being here. And I would love just to hear your story and whatever you feel like sharing and just 
you know, giving us your whole life experience in a matter of minutes. <laughs> so I think that my journey really began when I was living in a homeless shelter. And it was, it was like 2006 when I was in the homeless shelter and they had this computer room. They had just gotten a computer and everyone was allowed to go in a certain amount of time a day and search for jobs. And I was eight months pregnant, had a 17 month old and had a four year old. So when everyone else was going in to search for jobs, they could find a job making $7 an hour and still pay some bills. Uh, however, <laughs> I couldn't. You can't put a single kid in daycare for 7 bucks an hour. So I started looking online, trying to figure out how I could work, where I could work, what could I do. And everything, like there wasn't really a whole lot of stuff coming up. Uh, so I did my very first side hustle. Didn't even know it was called that back then. Uh, but I made a MySpace profile page, made it like a pretty profile for uh, one of my friends online, and she paid me five bucks. And that was literally the beginning of uh, my huge, long journey and building my empire. I started creating dating profiles for women online. Uh, they wanted to get into online dating, but they it was still new, 2006. Like nobody really knew what they were doing, and I was really good at writing. So I would craft their profile and uh, make sure I told them to take really pretty pictures and all of those things. And again, paid five bucks. So from there, I just kind of grew. Again, it was at a homeless shelter. So I grew and I was able to move out of the shelter and uh, get my own place. I became a virtual assistant. I started blogging. And in 2009 is when I sold my first profitable blog. Uh, from there, I kept going, 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 uh, started another blog and sold that one in, I think it was probably 2018 for more than $200,000. And <laughs> if you had told me back like 2006, Sadie, if she could have seen that $200,000 would even exist in her life ever, like I, I never would have believed it. And um, I think that that's a big part of it too. Maybe we can touch on that a little bit is you have to believe it can happen. Like you really, you, you've got to believe that it can happen. I talk to people every day that don't believe it can happen. And I'm like, you know, that's the first obstacle you got to get over. Uh, and from there, after I rinsed and repeated that process and I had, you know, sold a few blogs and made some money, I started coaching other people on how to make profitable blogs because it's not really that difficult. It's just a lot of hard work. Uh, it, it's not as complex as people make it out to be. They worry about SEO and, oh, I don't understand the analytics. I'm autistic. I have ADHD and I have no thyroid because of thyroid cancer. So if you can picture like brain fog times a million, that's what I deal with. I still don't understand the analytics to this day, but you don't have to understand analytics to make a bunch of money. <laughs> so that's where we're at right now. We have gotten to the point where we moved to Mexico. Uh, like I said, living on the beach, absolutely loving it. And my favorite part about all of this is how many people we're feeding. We started with feeding 40 people. When I talked to you, it was like 50 to 60 families. More families arrived last week and we now are feeding between 100 and 130 people every week. And my clients have started donating to help feed the kids. So uh, we're able to afford that. We were, everything was just coming out of like our pockets for our business, you know. 
And so now I've been sharing what we're doing and that's inspired other people. And now I've got my clients and my friends coming saying, hey, let me help feed the kids. And that's really what it's all about. Like this long, long journey with all of the ups and downs and twists and turns, you know, all of it. It's worth it to be sitting here staring at the beach and knowing that there are kids and families that are going to get fed every single week because we're able to help them do that. Whoa, I got so many questions. (laughs) That is such a a beautiful, amazing story. Um, I'm always looking for people who have created this dream life, of course, able to provide value. But the most important thing to me is giving back and helping other people. And I'm looking, that's a piece of this puzzle of the people I bring on because I feel like we can achieve freedom in our own life. And, you know, we can have the view of the beach and live on the beach and live in paradise. But there's another step after freedom, which is fulfillment. And that is really what makes us feel good and happy and fall asleep at night is knowing that we're making the world a better place. And I think that's just such a beautiful journey. And as soon as you told me about selling that for 200K, I thought mindset. Like, And we talked a little bit, about, I think, about coaching and stuff but when yes. we, in the messenger. And uh, it's all mindset. Everything in life is like, you know, <laughs> yes, there is this external reality, but we're all looking at that reality through our internal reality. And if that thing has uh, money blocks or issues of, be, you know, growing up when not being around money, it's very hard to put yourself in a situation to be able to accept money and to make that kind of money. And that really is being a coach that I see that is honestly the biggest win out of all of these things you're doing was that you were able to do that. It's just incredible because that is such a difficult obstacle for, for many people from self-sabotaging to just not allowing it to happen. I think uh, I think I have been the queen of self-sabotage for at least two decades. Um, so I, I totally get that. And and yeah, it's just like a, a switch. You've got to flip the switch in your head and make it happen because, yeah, stuff's going to happen in your life. Like me ending up homeless, I'm sure that there were some choices that I made in my life that had you know culminated in that moment. But what happened to land me homeless was not something that I did. So I could either stay there and feel sorry for myself, or I can pick myself up, dust myself off and go forward as much as I can. And it definitely wasn't easy. Raising three kids by yourself, even in the best circumstances, isn't easy. So um, I think maybe just understanding that it's not going to be easy and that that's okay. Uh, Understanding that stuff is going to come in at you from every angle, especially when you're almost where you need to be. I'm sure you've experienced that too. Like as soon as you're like at this crossroads and you you can feel it, it's in your bones, it's in your soul. You can feel that something big is coming. You're going to get slapped down. We knew something big was coming whenever we wanted to move to Mexico. It took us a year fighting red tape to be able to do it. And then we landed here at the exact right time to feed these kids. The exact right time. Nobody has been feeding them and we landed here when they needed the help. And we were so thankful that we were able to, you know, just help them in the way they needed it, not coming in and saying, oh, you guys need this and this, you know, we were just able to help them in their way. And that's what I try to do for everyone. Like you come to me with a problem. I try to help you in your own way and to help you get out of your own way. <laughs> I'm sure you do a lot of that as well as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I've come to learn just from personal experience so well about what you're saying about how 
just before you break through, there's this, you know, it seems like these major obstacles that show up where I'm so used to that. It's almost that when I'm faced with a major obstacle, I'm like, okay, this is like, if I get through this, this is where it all breaks open for me. Like, cause it's just so true that all the limiting beliefs, all the sabotage, like if it's going to happen, it's going to be right at the time when you have the closest moment to achieving what you've been fighting for so much. Yeah. Like I get excited now. Like I get excited whenever something, whenever stuff hits the fan, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's good. That come on, bring it on. Like we're going to get through this because we know on the other side of all that junk is something really amazing. And yeah, you just got to, you got to keep punching through whatever it is that, that big wall, you just got to keep, keep going, (laughs) just keep going. Everyone has a, a story to share. Even if you don't feel like it, everyone, everyone has that and everyone deserves wealth. They deserve financial freedom. They deserve time freedom. Like, even if you don't want to talk about the money aspect, like the, the time freedom, everyone deserves that. You don't need to be chained to a job for 20, 30, 40 years, like all of our parents and grandparents and, and living at the end of their lives with all of these regrets saying, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Like live life to where you don't have those regrets uh, anytime. Absolutely. I couldn't share that message more with you. It's (laughs) definitely the vibe I'm on. It's all about freedom and, you know, figuring out what that means to us and all the beautiful things that, you know, I had a friend come in uh, just from Vancouver for one day yesterday. And literally I was able to just drop my whole day and just hang out with them where like such a gift of, you know, missing that opportunity and just thinking yesterday briefly in the moment of chaos, you know, to show some gratitude towards that. And then now I'm just so backed up, (laughs) but anyways, now I'm probably the best person I think for most of these episodes to be giving the interviews because I feel like I I know less than anyone about any of this stuff. So for sure, everyone's getting their questions answered because I'm starting at the real basics. And perfect. the the first question I have to ask you is, why would someone pay $200,000 for a blog? What is the value in that? That's a really good question. And I asked the same thing whenever I went to sell it. <laughs> uh, whenever I, when I sold my blog because I got cancer and I really wasn't sure if I was going to be able to afford the treatments, how bad it was going to be, all of these things. It was really in the moment, it was a split second decision. And I don't know that I would have made the same decision today because a, a blog is just like a house. It just keeps growing. Like if you put the work in or whatever, right? It just keeps growing. And it's this it's this digital real estate. And so when you build a blog up, it becomes a passive income source. So the blog I sold that uh, I had mentioned, I was working maybe five hours a month, 10 hours on a very busy month. And I was making five to $10,000 a month. Wow. So. If you think of it from a buyer's perspective, if you have that kind of money, uh, then you're buying this digital asset that you pay someone to run it the five or 10 hours a month. And even if you paid someone a really good wage, uh, like even if you were paying someone a hundred bucks an hour, (laughs) you know, like you could pay a thousand bucks a month and be making five to 10. And there's always so much room for growth. You know, like When your clients come to you with a problem, they've been banging their head against the wall for months like, oh, I can't solve this. And instantly, I know you've at least had this experience a few times, instantly, you're like, oh, you just need to do this. And it's like, you knew that right away, but they're so in the weeds, they couldn't see it. So 
So when you buy a blog like that, uh, there's there's so much room for growth, and it's it's just like it's just like buying a house, but without the physical work involved. Mm-hmm. And it's I assume it's obviously that blog wasn't making that money when you started it. So if someone's paying two hundred grand, they're paying you for your time for the years that you've been there. Yeah, they're know, cutting the learning curve. Point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You either have to put in time or money or a little bit of both. Um, if you don't have any money at all, you're starting from scratch, zero dollars, you're going to have to put in a lot of time. And that's what I do with blogging. I'll build them up and then I'll sell them. Uh, but it is, it's that sweat equity that you're putting in at the beginning that gets it to be passive. And then someone who has more money than they have time comes along and they want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah, digital real estate, that definitely is a great way to look at it in turn. And for sure, I can see that once you get it to that point, like anything really, like, you know, you get the, the hard part is getting the eyes on it, getting it built, then it's easy. So that totally makes sense. I think, and I'm just thinking from personal experience, like just thinking here right now, if I start a blog, mm-hmm. um, like the idea of understanding that it's possible for this thing to get to that point. Like, I feel like how many people probably start a blog and they do it for a few months and obviously no one's commenting or seeing it. How long does it take, you know, for me or someone to be like, you know, it's like anything exercise or whatever. Like you really just have to see the end. I think something amazing with you is like, you've been there and you've been through that process. So for you to start a blog, especially to have the system and the tools, it's yeah. a no brain. It's a no brainer. But for someone like me yeah. thinking to start a blog, like, so is it like, what is the success rate? And I mean, we'll talk about the tools today, but like to start a blog, is it like, if you do this and you keep your head down for two years and you commit to posting once a week or whatever it needs to be that this thing is going to get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to answer your success rate, it's like negative 500%. <laughs> Uh, most people, <laughs> most people wow. start, um, I'm not a numbers person, but that sounds accurate. Um, most yeah. people start a blog and they, I hear this story over and over and over again, especially in the side hustle groups. People will say, Hey, how do I make money? And I'm like, you guys start a blog. And I give them some tips. So they're like, Oh yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. And I'm of the mindset that if you try something and it didn't work, you didn't try the right way or you didn't try hard enough or you didn't try long enough. Like that's like me showing up to the gym and saying, I want to lose a hundred pounds. And I show up with my trainer three times. And then six months later, I'm like, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. Um, that, that it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact mindset and work ethic of getting into shape. You want six pack abs, you're going to have to work your butt off. You want defined shoulders. You want to lose a hundred pounds. You want to do this and that you have to work your butt off. So for blogging, it's like showing up for work every single day for a year without getting paid. Every single day you show up to work, you put the work in and you don't get paid for that year. I try to be conservative. So I tell some people 18 months, but I have had grand success uh, in the first year of most of the blogs because that's when I'm most excited. I start a new blog. I dive all in. Like I said, I have ADD, so I'm, I'm hyper-focusing on it. So if you can show up and commit to your blog every day for a year, you will see results. You have to also, though, not just show up and write about uh, the fact that your kid is potty training. Okay. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of people out there who think, oh, I have a story to tell. 
And then they go and write a blog about their Aunt Bertha and the cookout that they went to and like all of this stuff. And the fact of the matter is nobody cares about any of that until you give them a reason to care. Once they're following you, once you've delivered value to them, then they're like, oh, what's Sadie doing today? I remember her talking about Aunt Bertha. How's she doing? Like it becomes a thing where they do want to know about your life. But God, like long gone are the days of just opening up a blog post and writing about your day and making lots of money. That that did used to happen. I was part of that, you know, cycle of things, but it's gone. People are here to make money. So you have to treat it like a business. You have to learn as much as you can about SEO and not use the excuse that you don't understand it. It's too complicated. For me, I teach people SEO all the time. And guess what? SEO is just writing the best blog posts. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what it comes down to. You can add in all these fancy tools and all these metrics and all of this, but I've been doing this for 15 years. It comes down to writing the best blog posts and answering the questions before they're asked. You're doing the exact same thing, but on a podcast. You're asking all of the questions. You're getting them all answered for your audience. That's exactly what you do with a blog post. It's... Yeah, there's a few, yeah, definitely a couple things that you're mentioning that speak to me. Even and trial and error when I started this podcast, it was like, hey, people want to hear me. You know, I can talk about I mean, I'm not thinking that consciously, but there's like when I look back at some of the episodes, not with this one, but like what I, I did one years ago, and it was like, am I doing like, you know, it, it, am I doing this just to hear myself talk? Like, and then you get to a point where, and I love that having this real conversation, because I do this again, especially with coaches, where it's like, used to be, even in a case, whether it's social media or digital products or wherever, uh, if you offered free value, you got in front of people. Mm-hmm. So if you had a podcast and you had tools and techniques, you were going to do well. But now there's so much content and so much free value, you still have to sell yourself to be that, that person. Like there's how many podcasts out there that promise to make you a million dollars that probably can. And you have to choose between one, like which one am I actually going to listen to? And that game has changed so much where that's where like, sometimes I met with feedback when I give out the questionnaire for the podcast, some people get hurt because they, and they have this incredible story, but I say, look, you know, I can only talk about the stories for so long, the listeners need to get something or else uh, there's no reason for any of us to be doing, to be coming on my podcast because no one's listening. So that's when I really, and it was trial and error of like, even for myself, why do, why would I listen to me? And the idea here is of course, like, well, I'm going to listen to this episode today because I'm going to learn how to, you know, go through these steps from someone who's done it. And it's specific to me. So I totally agree with that of, you know, thinking of it with that mindset of how can I provide value and how many people do really think, I I hate to say it, but like that, and myself as well, we all think we're, we're special and we should, that's a beautiful way for us to think. But the reality is, and one of the questions I ask my coaching clients is why should someone work with you? And like, and, but in a good way, like what makes you stand apart? Cause something does separate you from everyone else. Everyone's unique, but and, and with my clients, I know they're really good at what they do. They know they're really good at what they do. But we have to explain that to someone who has never met you and understand where this value is and how important that is. So I, it's interesting to me that that translates in a blog. 
Another thing that I have to say that you talked on is this side hustle mentality. I have people, that's what I'm really big on marrying fulfillment and doing something that gives back and aligning with passion and purpose with what you do. And if someone comes to me and they're like, I don't care what I do. I just want to make a million dollars. I'm not in it because people think like, oh, I'm just going to start a side hustle and make money. It's like starting a business is extremely difficult even if it's a side hustle, like you think that everyone who just like, there's all these side hustles out there that within two weeks you make a million dollars. There's not that many millionaires. So clearly like there's just people, you know, or they have a full-time job and they just want to start a side hustle to make money. Like even a side hustle, anything as an, being an entrepreneur is very difficult. And I know for sure in my life, and this translates well to blogging is being a coach is I show up a lot without getting paid like the business building in the early days of creating programs and all this stuff that if i wasn't passionate extremely passionate about what i do i would have given up a million times but i enjoy it there's purpose behind it and without that i absolutely know and i and i know this for other people that they're just trying to make money and that's not a big enough motivator and i i won't be able to help them to be successful because even if they're all in and passionate and it's their purpose, we still have to figure out the obstacles for every individual situation. So I totally agree. Like if someone, you know, I'm thinking when someone tells you, oh, I tried that and it didn't work. Majority of the time is they didn't try for a year or every day. It was, I wrote four blogs and no one, you know, I didn't get 20 clicks. And so I'm going on to the next thing for sure. That's absolutely it. Every time someone tells me blogging didn't work for them, I ask them how many blog posts they published. Mm-hmm. never ever has anyone told me more than 20. And I've been doing this for, like I said, 15 years. I've been telling mm-hmm. people to blog for 15 years. I I also hear a lot, oh, I heard blogging was dead. I heard podcasting was dead. I heard XYZ was dead. Who did you hear that from? That's who you need to ask. That's what you need to ask yourself when someone tells you, oh, blogging's dead. Okay, where consider the source. Are, are we listening to the source because they know this or are we listening to the source and, and they didn't put the work in? So to make themselves feel better, they say blogging is dead or something is dead. Blogging is definitely not dead. There are blogs being made every single day. Um, maybe crappy blogging is dead. Like we used to get away with crappy blogging. We had wordless Wednesdays and 200 word blog posts that made us money. Gone are those days. Absolutely. But is blogging dead? No. And I, I think it's going to continue. Yes, video has gone to the top for sure for a lot of people. But there are people like me who aren't really huge fans of video. And I love reading. So I don't think blogging is going anywhere anytime soon. But even when I got into blogging in 2008-ish, there were already rumors of blogging dying. <laughs> so I, I think that you should just take your idea, whatever it is, and run with it. And worst case scenario, you spend a year of your life building something. Guess what? Even if you don't make thousands and thousands of dollars, you learned so many things along the way. Absolutely. And that answers one of my questions of <laughs> blogging today. Because of course, it, it is the, the thought. But for me, I've never talked to someone who has seen the end result of finding success with blogging. And if you're sitting here like, hey, I did it. And here's the steps. And if you commit like this, it'll work. Then I'm totally on board. But it's like, if that unknown is there, well, and of course it still is and maybe, but yeah, for, for sure. 
Yeah, um, there there are definitely a lot of things. Like, for example, whenever uh, the pandemic hit, a lot of travel bloggers took a nosedive <laughs> because nobody could travel. So they went from hundreds of thousands of page views down to tens of thousands. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely variables, but that's why it's important to have multiple streams of income, which I'm sure you've covered many times. And it's also important to realize the difference between this is a side hustle where I'm trading dollars, like my time for money. And this is a side hustle where I'm building up passive income that will pay my bills next year. I always tell people what you do today for your blog, what you do in your digital business today will be reflected at this time next year. And it's played out time and time again. I tell my coaching students this. I tell anybody who will listen, what you're doing today, you're you're sowing those seeds. It's a garden. If you're not sowing those seeds, if you're not watering them, if you're not providing nutrients and sunlight, you're not going to have a garden next year. And you're going to be saying, what, gardening is dead? (laughs) Like, is that what we're going to say? No, you've got to follow the steps. And I'm happy if you have questions, we can dive into the steps as much as possible. Um, So anyone who's listening to this can do exactly what they need to, uh, to start a blog. Absolutely. We'll definitely go through the process. And I just want to mention one thing, because you had talked about Google. And actually, in my past life, when I was in real estate, I did actually find success with uh, having a, a website for there and running Google ads. And I totally agree with what you're saying. And the one thing that I, I learned about Google in that whole process is, and correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe it's different for blogging, but the thing that I learned that was so valuable, but also so simple, and I think this could translate into writing a blog, is that Google is always... I mean, this isn't maybe the reality, but this is how it works when we're trying to create something is that Google is always thinking about the user experience first. So if you're running ads, your ads have to tell that person who's going to click on them what they're going to get. And it has to take them directly to the place that you've promised them. And because if you and it makes so much sense that if you're Google and I want to search to buy shoes online, and I click an ad or, you know, the first thing that pops up when I type in shoes for sale online and it takes me to spear phishing, then Google's not going to be my source of internet searching for very long. So they're all about, we want to get this information, whoever can get the information to this user as quickly as possible for whatever they're searching, then it's that simple. And that was like my keywords at all the posts that I wrote on my website that it really just came down to thinking of providing value to the person who's going to be to be reading it and you can think about talk about seo and all this for years but that's what s the seo is and the keywords of course that people might search for which is very simple yes yes absolutely i think we've overcomplicated things and i don't know if it's just because we're humans and that's kind of what we do or like i don't know if there's another reason for it but absolutely it it was intimidating to me seo was intimidating because I'm not an analytical person. I, I've talked openly about how I know nothing about numbers. I'm whatever the word for number phobia is, that's what I am. I've always had anxiety around numbers. So if you tell me to look up the search volume and the the CPC and the, all of these things that I don't understand, then what's going to happen? I'm just going to quit. So instead of quitting, I didn't have the luxury of quitting. I had bills to pay. So instead of quitting... When everyone was saying, you have to know SEO or you're not going to be able to blog, I just started writing and I started serving an audience. And I think that's important to to think about is 
who are you wanting to help and how can you help them? If you go to Google and you ask Google a question, there's a little section and it says people also ask. And there's a bunch more questions and you can click the arrow and more questions will pop up that are usually related. And when you're writing a blog post about a topic, go and Google it. Just Google it and see what are people asking so you can answer those questions. Be the best resource. Yeah, be the best resource. Just just be the person. Like if if I know that I want to learn about something and your blog talks about it, I'm going to skip Google eventually and just come to your blog because I know you're going to have the best information and you're not going to be, you know, too salesy and shoving all these products down my throat and all of this. You're just answering my questions and that's important. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a great segue to jump into this conversation of in 15, 20 minutes, are you up for the task of telling myself and the listeners how to start a blog that can make an income and talk about digital products? Sure, absolutely. I'll probably need you to ask me some questions because it's a it's a process and I'll skip some stuff. <laughs> but okay. yes, yes, I'm up for it. <laughs> okay. My first question would be where does a blog live? Is it always on your website? Is it is there separate platforms? Like where where do I want to start a blog and that I know it's eventually going to get eyes somewhere? Yes, I absolutely only recommend self-hosted WordPress, not wordpress.com, but you go to wordpress.org. Uh, and well, you don't go to wordpress.org. It is wordpress.org. Uh, you need a host. That's the first thing you need. And, uh, I will not mention any names, but there are popular hosting companies out there that everyone promotes, uh, do your research because most of the, uh, the people that are, you know, promoting the one host, it's because they pay the best in affiliate commissions. It's not because they're the best host. Uh, so whenever you're looking for a host, do some research, ask around. Somebody you know has created a website. Uh, Ask someone who has made some money or go into a blogging group um, and and get a really good solid recommendation for a fast host. And then you're going to install WordPress. And if that scares you, if you're not, you know, you're tech phobic, I understand your host will install it for you. So you don't have to worry about it. You can say, hey, I don't understand this, blah, blah, blah. And if it's a good host, they will install it for you. Now, if I have a, my coaching website is built on WordPress by a mm-hmm. web developer, but I can go in the back end and write posts. Is that, yeah. is that what we're talking? Like, that's good. That's what we're looking for. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cause I've tried like Wix and stuff in the past, but I feel like the SEO and stuff, you just, yeah. Exactly. And you don't, you probably don't own, like, that was one of the things I've asked every web developer, do I own this website and this content and all this stuff? Because some of them will, you know, if you ever get offered a very cheap website, as we know, nothing in life is free. And that's a sad day when you realize you don't, you didn't actually ever own any of your content. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scams out there in regards to this, in this industry. Yeah. So you've got to be careful, but go to a reliable host, have them help you install WordPress and go from there. But yes, anything that seems too good to be true, absolutely too good to be true. <laughs> but you okay. do, you want, you want to own it. You don't want to set it up on like back in the day, we were all on Blogspot or Blogger. Um, and then blogs started disappearing and people were freaking out because they were making money with these blogs and they were gone. And we learned, we didn't own that. 
it wasn't ours. We were hosting it on Google. Like it, we did not own it at all. And these blogs were gone. Um, so that when I realized that I didn't know when I realized it, I moved to self-hosted and I never looked back for SEO purposes, for user experience, like for everything. I love WordPress. Absolutely. Okay. So I think just trying to, I'm trying to think of a way of how I can ask questions to the listeners in the right way. And essentially, I guess having an example will be the best way. And being a coach and being in personal, personal development, being such a popular area, we can probably go that route. And as a coach, when I coach coaches, it was funny when you said about uh, searching in Google, the first two questions I'll ask any coach, even successful coaches, and something that I revisit all the time, which is, what do I do? And who is my ideal client? Like, who am I trying to reach? And what is it that I do? And there's other questions like, what do they want? What is stopping them from getting it? How do I help them get it? Why am I different? But essentially, it's 10 to 15 very straightforward, hard questions that are not easy to answer that can sometimes take time, but also very simple to answer at the same time. So when I think about that, and I assume it's probably similar in this case of because when I think of building a blog, I'm thinking of we're taking people maybe on a journey or we want to keep them engaged. So if I said, Sadie, you know, I want to hire you, let's build a blog. I have my coaching business and I work with coaches and I like putting content on my website, but I don't just want to be throwing up random stuff that doesn't make sense. And it makes it hard for me to think of new ideas all the time. So what is a template that I could follow or what questions should I be asking myself if I want to start a blog and go through this process in a planned way? Yeah. So I'm probably the worst person ever to ask about anything in a planned way because I don't do it in a planned way. However, uh, just because I've rinsed and repeated so many times, there is kind of a little bit of a template. And if I was, for example, if I was writing about uh, writing two coaches in, in your example, I would be writing things like how to make more money in your coaching business, how to find new clients in your coaching business, how to deliver more value in your coaching business. I would be teaching coaches how to be better. Uh, and that's kind of the formula I follow for everything. Like the last few blog posts I've written just off the top of my head, I wrote, uh, I like to give side hustle ideas is kind of what my blog is about. So I wrote like seven metaphysical business ideas because I have a lot of people in the metaphysical community saying, how do I make money with this? My last blog post yesterday was how this mom makes a thousand dollars doing laundry, a thousand dollars a month doing laundry for people. And I, what I did in that post was I interviewed this mom, got, I just chatted with her on Facebook and put it into the post. Right. And then I did research on this company that she works through and I did screenshots and got videos and, you know, did a complete tutorial. So what I like to do is be a complete resource for my people because what's going to happen is people are going to come and read your blog posts, right? And then what? People always talk about a call to action. Oh, leave a comment, share it on Facebook. Okay, but then what? What are your people going to do next? And the truth of the matter is if you don't provide them with a full resource, they're going to go back to Google and find somebody who does. So once you provide that full resource, the next step and this isn't when you're first setting your blog up. This is, you know, as you get going. But the next step is to provide maybe a paid resource. So if I'm writing a blog post about how to get more clients for your coaching people, right? How to get more clients. 
maybe I'll sell them a workbook or a checklist or a mini video course or something and have that in my blog post. Because if you don't give them that next resource, they're going to go find somebody who's who will. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of selling in that way or providing paid value in that way, because it's not intense. It's not offensive. It's simply like you can simply just not click this and continue on with your journey. But the offer is here where you talk to someone or you do a video. If you're anyone like me, you're just, you're a free webinar. It's like, okay, I'm just, all I'm doing here is waiting for the sales pitch. I know you're yep. not going to give me any real value. Probably yep. all the val- real values paid for. Yeah, And it's like, you just, you have that vibe instantly where if you're for something, I feel like if you're reading it, okay, I'm just not going to click that link if it's not, but it's there for the people who do want it. And Absolutely. there's a lot of people who I think aren't, don't like selling and they yeah. miss a lot of opportunities because they don't sell when people actually would take that next step with them. Yeah. I hate selling. Uh, I know that sounds weird coming from someone who like I I did my income report last month and I was over $17,000. So I know it sounds weird for somebody who's making a full-time living online saying that they hate selling, but I don't I don't sell. If you see my sales pages, uh I I hired an assistant and she does them all now. But before I literally was like here's my stuff, buy it or don't. <laughs> and I know that's not a great business model, but that's that's what my blog posts do too. Like hey, do you want to hit the easy button? Then you can buy this guide, but you don't need it. Um, And I think the reason I do it this way is because I think back to the person I needed whenever I was just starting my business, when I was homeless, when I was broke, all of these things. I couldn't have afforded a course, even if it was $100. So I always provide a full resource in my blog post. And then as I have the energy, I add a paid product. My goal is to have a paid product in every post that goes to the next step. Um, as I said, it's not when you're first starting because it is a lot of extra bandwidth in your, you know, mental energy, but you're not pushing, you're not selling, you're providing a resource that they want. Because like I said, if you don't, they're going to go find somebody who will sell to them. And and Mm -hmm. then you're sending your people to someone else. Is that someone else going to take care of them the way that you would have? Are they going to nurture them? Are they going to help them reach their goals? Or are they just going to pick, 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 and you know, keep selling and keep selling and keep selling? You can keep making money off of the same person by continuing to help them along your journey. Along, along their journey, uh, most people find me from my Etsy blog posts. I write about Etsy SEO and I sell Etsy SEO cheat sheets. That's where most people find me. And then I don't have a funnel or anything like that set up. I just have a journey for them. After the Etsy, after they do Etsy, they can join my uh, Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, I just, (laughs) I always say I punch people in the face with value (laughs) because I literally give so much value in the group. It's like a paid group. That leads them to wanting to sign up. They're like, oh, what's PIPs? How do I sign up? it's a membership. This is how much it costs. Oh, but wait, what's VIP? How do I set up? How can you be my coach? I don't pitch people. I don't go to people. People come to me because they see the value that I deliver. And I hope that everyone listening to this will at least attempt that business model, just delivering value so much that people almost feel crazy for not coming and buying your stuff because it's just, it's so helpful. I help so many people make money for free 
that when they make that money, that money's coming back to me. They're coming back to me to say, okay, what's next, Sadie? Okay, what's next? What do I do next? Uh, even after my VIP, people are like, do you have like a high ticket, something that I can buy? And I'm like, no, like come to VIP. It's affordable. I make sure it's affordable for everyone. So just keep them on that journey and keep delivering that value and helping them and serving them. And they're always going to come back to you. Definitely. I speak so much about that in marketing that, and going back to what I was saying, like it's, if you want to sell something to someone on the most basic level, they have to like you and they have to trust you. And if you have just met someone and you're pitching to them, immediately you have destroyed that relationship and lost that trust. You have to give like, and once you give people value and they trust you, especially because if you've given them so much for free, when it does come time to ask, it's like, I'm not only am I paying you for this, I like, you've already proven yourself to me for how much value I could have paid you previously. And I just think the way we mark people are marketing business. And this is, I talk about all this with new coaches and it makes them successful of most people are marketing like it's 1990. And we are so like the energy block that I get from someone, they don't even have to open their mouth. If they come up to me, I know they're about to pitch me something and I run, even if it's going to provide me value because I'm so it's, it's just, I'm so against being pitched to, I'm so against that, the way that that's aligned with me of like knowing someone, the, the only reason this person is even talking to me is there's there's something they want from me and it's got worse we're so used to it as a culture that you know it used to take a couple paragraphs and then you'd be like oh you tricked me and it's a it's a pitch today you can just sense it like even if i get a private message on social media i know it's like so you know if we're not there's a lot of people out, out there who haven't changed their marketing strategies and they're dead in the water and it's as simple as how can i help this person one thing that yep. I love about this is such a cool thing for me to, I mean, I know of blogging, but I've never dived into like how to make money on it. And the thing I love about blogging when going to like clicking something to buy something is on social media, for example, if you follow me and I talk about something and then I pitch even something very valuable, like uh, five, five ways to increase your income this month, that yep. those people didn't. And this is what the kind of the difference I find, which makes Google ads so much power, depending what your business is, but so much more powerful than social media ads is because when someone goes to Google, they're typing in and looking for you. Where on social media, someone's on the toilet and they're just throwing people in their face. They want nothing to do with you. I mean, they're trying to, you know, get the algorithm to put the right things in front, but no one's searching for that. So the what I find is if I'm on social media and I'm saying, here's five ways then probably it's not, maybe they buy it, maybe they do. If someone's clicked on your website and reading your blog, spending time reading your blog, you absolutely better be get offering something because at that point, yeah. they, they love you, they trust you, they're on your platform and you're doing a disservice at that point. And it's not offensive to plug something because it's not like you can't continue until you click this and buy this. Like yes, blogging, absolutely. I can see it be very powerful. Yeah, you said two things that were really good. Like you're doing a disservice if you don't offer them that next step. And that's 100% true. And then also, I hate 
when somebody says that I'm getting something and then by the end of the post or the end of the video, I don't get that thing, I have to buy it. That's not delivering value. That was clickbait. That was a that you know, that was a lead-in. But I follow and stalk Gary Vaynerchuk and I, I follow his methodology, the jab, 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 right hook. So you're delivering value, 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 and then you sell. And it doesn't have to be like this icky, weird sales thing. I have gotten so much value from Gary Vaynerchuk that no matter what he sells, I'm there. Like you, he writes another book, I bought it. I, it pre-order, I'm buying it. And that's what you want. You want cheerleaders and you want raving fans. Don't worry about getting tens and thousands of people or millions of eyeballs right away. Worry about creating cheerleaders. I have a core group of my cheerleaders that will tag me in groups. They will link to my blog. They do all of these things for me just because of the value they've received from my coaching or teaching or blog or, you know, whatever I'm doing. And you can't pay for that. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea. Definitely. As soon as you said like the how to is five ways to do this, you know what you're getting. It's quick. You're not necessarily having to read a book. You like you have to be very clear, like anything, if you're selling anything, what is your message and what is the value people are going to, what can they expect? Something that I've taken years of learning of like Instagram videos, like you got to tell people, what are they going to get from this video? Or like, they're not just there to see you. They're too busy. They might like you, but they're too busy. So, yeah. and this is a good kind of brings us into the idea of digital products. So um, yeah. when you write a blog, is the goal, is the money maker there that you are selling your digital products? Is it you're bringing sponsor or a- advertisers onto your blog? What's the, the money making ideas behind it? Yeah. So the majority of money that I make for my blog is through affiliate marketing and digital products. I don't do sponsored posts. Uh, a lot of people do. And that is a very valid way to make money, but it's not passive. So that's why I decided to stop doing it. Uh, With affiliate marketing, I go all in. (laughs) Not the way that I'm like 10 best shoes from Amazon. Like it's not like that. I go all in. I I learn everything I can about the company and I become the go-to resource for that particular product or service to to the point uh, where I have actually outranked the companies that I am affiliate marketing for at times. Um, we have we have one blog that's about healthy living and we have a few main affiliates and two of them, we actually outrank them for their own keywords uh, on the front page of Google. And that wasn't like on purpose. I didn't go after their keywords. I just answered all the questions. Like that's it. So affiliate marketing, uh, digital products. If you have even even a $3 digital product, say you have a little checklist workbook, right? Say that you have a go very, very low end $3 digital product in every single post and you have 100 blog posts, which is not difficult over the course of six months. Um, so you have 100 digital products or 100 posts with a digital product in each and you just get one sale a day from each blog post. That's $300 a day. Like that's what you have to think about is just compounding over and over and over again. And then when your post starts to rank and you start to get thousands of page views on it, and then you get a thousand sales, like that, that money just keeps compounding and compounding. 
And then the idea is that every day you're writing a blog, different keywords, eventually Google is going to put you in front of people. Like how I'm thinking, how do I get eyes in front of this? Cause no one's there at the start and it's just consistency. Consistency. That's it. Absolutely. And create an email list. I don't do social media really. I do have my Facebook group. That's where I spend almost all of my time on social media. I spend it in the Facebook group or on my personal profile talking about feeding the kids. That's pretty much all I do on social. I don't use my fan pages. I don't do TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram. I don't do any of it because for me, SEO was a better investment and my free Facebook group was a better investment. So you have to figure out, okay, where am I spending my time? Because used to, they taught us that we had to be everywhere. And uh, to mention Gary V again, he thinks the same way. I don't agree with that. I think that you should pick one platform and just get really, really good at it. Just be really, really good at it. And for me, that's Facebook groups. I kick butt at Facebook groups. Um, so that's my methodology. You're going to have to figure out, oh, I love being on TikTok. Okay, that's cool. Go all in. Become an expert. Make your money that way. Pick a platform if you're going to use social, one platform, and then put your energy into the SEO, digital product creation, and your email list. Your email list is the only thing that you own. Putting any energy into social media is a huge risk because like we talked about before, you don't own that. It's you're, you're building a house on rented land. And what happens Ooh, when that, I like that. Yeah. Like what happens when the landlord comes and is like, you're out of here. That that's what happens. Well, how, uh, and so, how many people, you know, lost their accounts this past year for speaking how they felt. And all of a sudden you can't say awakened or <laughs> new world yeah. or, you know, talk about health and anything like that, right? That's a great there's example. So, yeah, there's so many restrictions on every platform and every platform starts out great, but then they get too big and then it just kind of goes to crap. So I, I do think it's very important to focus on an email list. Had I focused on an email list when I started my profitable blogs back in the day, uh, I, I would have made, I mean, I can't even calculate 10 times the amount of money. I didn't even hardly have an email list. So uh, now every time I set up a new blog, my process includes creating an email list and an automation. A lot of people will ask, well, why am I sending emails out when I have three subscribers? That's a lot of work to write a whole email for three subscribers and then only one person opens it or something like that. I don't send out live emails until my blog is more established. So maybe six to 12 months. I don't send out regular live emails. I create an automation so the same they get the same thing no matter when they're signing up. And you can go back in and like edit and alter that automation as you grow. And then you can start sending live emails, but it doesn't have to be that much work. You can automate a lot of it. It's just the content creation part that you're really going to have to dig in and, and put the work in. Yeah, I... I was going to ask about the email list because I would assume if you're not charging for every single, you know, if you have links in your blog and you're providing value, some of those things probably are free, but what a great opportunity even just, I'll email it to you, you know, click here and uh, yeah. You know. So I was going to ask you about the email list. I totally agree with what you're saying about, uh, I'm not on all platforms. And for me, it's even more what I'm aligned with because I feel like, you know, if we're selling, we have to, it has to feel right to us. Um, I'm not big yep. on like the 30 posts a day. Like I do post once a day. Um, but one of the things, and if there's a listener here who's going through the process of, and just like you said, where are like, for me, it's, 
what do I do? Who is my audience? And, and then where do they live physically and online? Because for me, what I do, like a lot of my coaching is people who are feeling lost or stuck or unfulfilled and they're wanting to take that leap. A lot of my populations on LinkedIn, they're in corporate jobs and I, and I know nothing about LinkedIn. So I have someone that I find that helps me with that because I enjoy Instagram and I'm on there. Um, but my people yeah. aren't on there. And I think it's really important for us, like you're saying, is, you know, where we got to you got to have any everything with intention is like, that's what I've learned in 36 years of my life is like, why am I writing this post? Why am I writing this blog? Who is it going to? Uh, why are they opening it? Where are they? Like, just these really simple things that it's so easy for us to just get involved and put it out there. But we have to, at the end of the day, we need to have these processes that it's getting in front of the right eyes and, and, and doing these things. I have one last question. I could obviously talk to you about this for six months. Like this is just so incredible. There's so much value in this for, um, for people. I know we just touched the surface of, of what we're doing, but there's still, I think the most important message has been said of the value of doing something like this. The other reason that it's totally fine is that you do have, communities and places that people can come to that even you donate a portion of the fund for the people to feed families. And there's no way we could cover the specific how to with all of it. But obviously, I hope there's enough value given. I'm sure there is for the people, but at least to see the value of why they should pursue this. And it simply does come down to you should have a website and you just start writing and write intentional providing value and then start adding in some freebies and all of this content can be repurposed. And um, one thing I wanted to ask is, and if anyone like Canva, for example, like you can create a document or a PDF on any of these websites, like literally a checklist of 10 things to do or 13 questions to ask yourself if you're starting a business or creating a content strategy. Like there's a million things that do provide value and just start showing up and book it in your calendar. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on transcription? Like something like even like podcasts, like something like this podcast episode, is there value in like getting that written out on the website? Do you find for content purposes? Yeah. So I think for SEO purposes, absolutely. And then also for value purposes, I have been getting interviewed on podcasts and I don't listen to podcasts. I read the transcripts. Oh, I'm a reader. Yeah. That's just what I like to do. I don't, I don't, I wear my headphones all day just so I don't have to hear noise. They're not on. I don't listen to things. I just cancel out the noise. So I don't listen to podcasts or watch videos too often. Um, but I do read the transcripts. I will read them because to me, it feels like a blog post. Uh, and, and there are, different types of learners. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, that you kind of touch on all of those. So if you're writing a blog post, you also need images and you want to put some videos in there. Even if they're not your own people like on YouTube have already delivered tons of value. I'll grab some of their videos and put them in my post because that still gives them views and makes them money, but it also adds value to my posts and to my readers. And I I just think that it's very important to focus on that and delivering value. And if you ever want to do, like if you get questions about this and they're like, hey, you didn't ask this question, we can always do a follow-up and do, hey, these are the questions that people ask. Let's talk about step-by-step how to do this thing. Because there is, there's always a lot 
to dig into. And I feel like a lot of people just scratch the surface. And I want to be one of those people that after you're done talking to me, your head is spinning in a good way with all of these different ideas of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, okay, let's put a bow on this thing. Let's let everyone know how can they reach you. We're also going to put it in the show links. Uh, if you want people to reach you, how can they get a hold of you? Um, and if you have any final words, and then uh, I just thank you so much for this valuable information. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I look forward to working with you. Uh, the only link that I really have that I would like to share is sadiesmiley.com forward slash pips, P-I-P-S. That's my free Facebook group. And that's where I, like I said, I spend most of my time. I just go in and whenever I have ideas, I dump them in there because I have so many ideas all the time that I could never get to. So I'm just like, hey guys, here's an idea. Somebody go make money with it. And that's just kind of what it's about. It's like a big think tank where we all share different ideas and different ways to make money. And if I could just share like one last message with everyone, it's the same thing I said at the beginning is that everyone has an incredible journey to share. Don't feel like oh, I haven't been homeless to six figures, so what am I supposed to talk about? Every single person has something that they've gone through. And if you can just help, like think about helping yourself from five years ago, 10 years ago, whenever you were going through the roughest point in your life, I always think about what would 2006 Sadie need or appreciate right now? And that is really the basis of all of my uh, blog posts. It's what would she Uh, Like, what would she have wanted help with? And like you said, I I do donate a portion of all of my sales. Right now, $10 per membership goes to the kids. And if you can think about that in your life, like, no, you might not have 100 kids to feed that live right up the road from you. Just translate it to your own life. Translate my story to your own life. Translate Joseph's story. Like, translate all of this to your own life instead of saying, oh, I can't do that. Just translate it. Anything that inspires you, how can you do that in your own life? No, you might not have 100 kids to feed, but is there a dog shelter that pulls at your heart? What What is it that uh, makes you feel good? If you like feeding people, then that might be it. Find someone to feed. It starts with one person. Amazing. Incredible message and definitely resonates with me. And one thing that I've learned too is we also, and you kind of said this, we also all have our own audience. You know, something that Gary Vee says to someone resonates with them where someone else, it's Tony Robbins. So we all have our own story to share and we all have people out there who resonate with the way that we tell it. And it's our job to show up and tell it and also get that stuff out of you and put it somewhere. Like what a therapeutic experience that is of just writing your experience and you know, looking at it just from that perspective until you start getting eyes on it can be a beautiful thing as well. Thank you so much. You are an incredible human being. You have an incredible story. I had no idea that we were going to, that this was going to go this direction. Um, And we'll obviously be talking. I'm going to join your Facebook group right now. All of that stuff's going in the, in the show notes. Thank you all for tuning in to another value filled side hustled blog building, change the world episode of The Chosen Ones. Thank you, Sadie. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Chosen Ones. If you did, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would mean the world to me. 
I know life is busy, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. Please also feel free to subscribe and share. You can learn more about me at mastersoflifesociety.com, where you can also find The Chosen One's book and podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel, Masters of Life Society, where you can find the videos of these episodes as well as my social media shorts. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Joseph Richard Powell. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all.